So for this particular candidate, her resume at first was, I did this, I did that, I had this job with a lot of eyes. And a real simple way to correct that is just to count the amount of eyes and, and we's versus using yours and shape towards the other piece. You know, think about things like team, we, our, those are all far more compelling reasons. But more importantly, one of the things that we had to kind of work through was what is your career story? Not just your history, what's your career story? That, that's important. How do all these past experiences tie together? And what is the so what who cares for your audience? So we worked through that. Um, she, a couple weeks later, applied to a job, got accepted, and she literally started today. Today's her uh, first day of employment since November of last year. Hey, LJ, how many talks at conferences have you given on AI this year? Oh my goodness, Probably, actually, I actually have no idea. It's been so many. Oh God, and how many times have you uh, taught this AI uh, to supercharge your desk course already? Over two dozen times now. Two dozen? God, you were at eight the last time I asked you like a month ago. Good Lord. I know, I know. It has been exceedingly popular and it's gotten great reviews. So we're super excited about what I think is going to be the leveling the playing field. The great equalizer is uh, generative. And, you know, I've been quoted as saying, AI won't replace you, but someone that knows how to use it will. And so you need to get on it if you haven't. That's right, guys. So check out the supercharger desk with AI that Lauren is teaching via Leap Consulting. And you can find her at Lauren at LeapConsultingSolutions.com or on LinkedIn at Lauren Jones with the GOAT following her. That's right. Look for the little go icon. Send me an IM and we will get this scheduled tomorrow. Lauren Jones, how the hell are you? I am super fantastic, Rob. How are you? Ooh, not just super fly, super fantastic. That is, uh, that's an extra like seven letters to oh, being I great. I like that. You're seven more letters yes. great than you were I earlier. I feel like I'm in one. I feel like I've been one of those old like ninja movies where your mouth is out of sync with the words and it's all, I will kill you. And then the mouth moves. I'm doing it too now. <laughs> I might have to actually show that. I was actually doing it. Apparently my, my audio and visual are out of sync right now while we're recording, which is a fantastic way to start guys, any recording. But my mouth is moving and it very, is making... Lauren is going to start calling me Shogun for the rest of the episode. Uh, from uh, that's right. you know, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, Lauren, hey, Lauren, oh, you have you have big news. You have some big. I news. have lots of tea. We, oh, I have we, lots yeah. of tea. I mean, are oh, we, yeah, we could, we could, we could. Yes. It's, uh, I cheated the code on that's LinkedIn, silly. by the way. I got like eleven thousand impressions on that. Um, it was very funny. I was like looking at it over the weekend. Uh, guys, uh, my wife Mandy and I are welcoming a little girl. Uh, who we are affectionately calling Miniman for now. Uh, Miniman, I can't coming, wait. Coming... Don't stop him. Oh God, summer of 2024. Uh, Miniman will be here with us, so that'll be fun. And um, yeah, no, we're we're excited. We the registry is in private mode, soon to be public. Uh, Lauren has started to call herself Gigi Lauren already. Uh, so it's uh, yes, Gigi Lauren. She, so she's practicing for when her daughters. Yes, she's very excited. She's promoting herself early than before her two girls, uh, you know, have a little one. 
Um, but I'm here for it because that means that my child is my, going to be extra GG spoiled. Personal brand. Gigi brand. Have Ooh, my GG I like personal that. Brand. That sounds like a great clothing line. Gigi brand. All right. Anyway, uh, with us today. All right. With we us today, we have the chief. About... Yes, we love stories. So we brought on the chief story mixologist, Mark Smith. How you doing? What's Mark? up, guys? What's up, Lauren? What's up, Rob? I'm glad to be here. I'm good. What is that, Mark? Welcome, good, welcome good. to the shenanigans. So nice to have I, I'm glad and congrats to you, Rob. I have three little little minis running around as well. So uh, you, you're in for a, a bright future ahead. I'm excited for you, man. Yeah, I'm, we're super excited. Uh, we uh, found out the sex and obviously all like the health stuff last week. So we've been pretty stoked um, and uh, terrified of my mother all at the same time. So <laughs> shout out, mom. Love you. Uh, but you are going to be scary for the next. Well, I think I that's your head, where you're excited and terrified all the time. <laughs> yeah, Fair before I, I, the baby's not born yet, so I'm mostly just scared of all of the stuff. My mom is uh, is one of one, so I uh, I love her to death, and uh, I'm very excited. Oh boy. Anyway, oh boy, yeah. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about opening stories. Questions. But before opening we questions. do that, yeah, before we do that, yes. opening questions. So, Mark. We gave you about five seconds notice for this, and then we just started starting BSing between each other. So what is your book recommendation? If my book recommendation, that this I, I have about five I could give you, but I'm going to give you the one that I think works for kids and it works for adults. It's what, what fills your bucket? What Ooh. fills your bucket? Okay. I think that's the title. Or it might be loosely tied to that. It's all about you know, what inspires you, what, what makes you happy and how do you make others feel happy and inspired as well? So when you do nice things for someone, you fill up their bucket. When you do bad things, you take away from their bucket. So we read this book to our kids probably on a yearly basis and we remind ourselves of the same. So it's kind of a staple in the Smith household here. Got it. I oh. typed in what fills your bucket and I got a teacher's pick on Amazon called have you filled a bucket today? A guide to daily happiness for That's kids. That's probably close. Part of the bucket filling books. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll keep looking though. Um, but but I love the idea. Um, shout out to Logan from Vetti who already sent me a child's a children's book, uh, which was super sweet of him, by the way. Uh, anyway, that's a that's a great book, and I will definitely go check it out. And Lauren will have it ordered and in her house with them the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. I'm a book nerd, Mark. Okay, so next question. Most memorable moment in staffing. So, Lauren, this one actually involves you. I don't know if you. Oh, dear. I don't know if you. This is hands down. This is way back in the day. I was working at Career Builder at the time. Lauren was a devoted customer of ours and was invited to some barbecue joint downtown Chicago. I can't remember the name, but they had live band karaoke. And I somehow convinced Lauren to join me on stage because I was terrified to do it by myself to bust out Sweet Caroline and we crushed it. So that is. And you found out that Lauren's actually a singer? Yes, exactly. And then I, then I clammed up and I uh, walked up stage. Yes. Oh, no, we had a good time. Lauren is actually most... a singing major. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. So musician by original profession. Uh, and education. So, uh, yeah, which is what a lot of us don't do karaoke, just, you know, but any hoodles, I did it for you because you're amazing and <laughs> can't leave you up there to do that uh, uh, all by yourself. Proud, so. I don't sit and do it. I'm, I am totally all for any moment of karaoke. <laughs> uh, but, but, 
but so 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 some random coincidences. My wife is also a opera major with a music education um, a minor, and she taught edu- music education for three years. Uh, so Lauren and, and Mandy have way too many. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't have any of those musical chops, but I do uh, enjoy me some karaoke. <laughs> Mandy actually told me for the first time. Mark, I got a I got a, a compliment from my wife. She said we've been dating for ten years, or you know, dating married, and she was like, you know, honestly, since the time I met you, you couldn't k- sing in key, and now over the last like four or five years, you've actually been able to hold the tune in key, which I thought was a massive compliment. Is that through osmosis or just being around her? Both, maybe, and like actually paying attention to it, <laughs> I guess, and like knowing that I was bad at it, and so I worked on it. There are moments where I'm in the car and I'm like, can I sing this on key? Uh, and I try. Amazing. Anyway. Amazing. All right. All right. So, so your best moment is laughing. So what is your greatest achievement, Mark? Question number three. Um, I've been in sales all my life. I think my greatest pitch was when I asked my wife to marry me and she said, yes, who knew? Right. So yeah. I'll clap for that one. That's a big moment for sure. I, yeah. Hands down. I like that. Is there any, is there a story to this, Mr. Storyteller? Well, I would, I'll give you. I, I think you're you're leading into the uh, the other side of that, which is uh, part of the story. Can I lead with the failure part as well? Oh, yeah, they yes. go together. Yeah. Sweet, yes. it's a twofer. So yes, so asking her to marry me was uh, successful because she said yes. The execution was was quite clumsy. So I had attempted to take her back to all these places around Chicago that we had some first dates or just fun moments. One of which was the uh, the Ferris wheel in, in Chicago. Well, it sounds good in the summertime when you're up there zipping around, but we got engaged in the, the brisk winter days of uh, snow-filled Chicago. So I've had the bold idea, because the Ferris wheel was still going, that would be one of our stops. And the final stop, where I would go and get down on one knee. So by this point, she was in heels because we had gone to dinner. She's tromping around the snow. We get closer to the Ferris wheel, and I get down on one knee, and she is freezing. And just wondering what the hell I'm doing. She's like, she looks, I looks at me as if I am just the biggest cloud. And I get down on one knee and I said, would you like to marry me? And she was so cold. She just stood there. And I, I said, so would you, would you? And she said, yes. I said, well, well, it looks like I just gave you ice cream or something. And she's like, I'm freezing. Let's go. So it was, it was a clumsy moment, a, a potential failure, but uh, turned into a, a success and we're married she said yes, she said yes and 18 years yeah, later three matters. kids that's it yeah, so that's a cool congrats yeah. that's i should have thought that through yeah mark i was gonna say one of the one of the things i always leave in my head is what's the most important part of comedy timing uh timing that's it that's it i yeah. failed he miserably was, he had googling eyes he had googling I, I, eyes he was in love yeah, I, hey listen like that. sometimes you just got to get the question you got to get the question out mark i appreciate that yeah 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 that's right. But, okay. Uh, Last yeah. final, most important, probably paralyzing question. Um, dog or cat person? Dog. Hands down, dog. I've, I've, I grew up with okay. dogs. I grew up paralyzing, polarizing. I've got yes. a two year old lab named Millie that's usually by my feet at the moment, but yeah, for sure, dogs. Wife is wildly allergic to uh, cats, thank goodness for us. Uh, so we. Got a little purple <laughs> lab running around the house. That's oh. you, like you have yellow, three like labs. Yellow, yellow lab? Yeah. One lab. One lab. Yeah. Oh. One lab, three kids. Smash. Yeah. 
which are kind of the same. Three I kids, say Mandy, one left. Mandy has two kids, me and the dog, soon to be three. And I have two. <laughs> I will have two eventually. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, um, that, that was, that That's is fantastic. Awesome. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law just got a lab puppy yesterday. So we were checking out the FaceTime of this, you know, they were holding it like a baby, which is really funny. Like they had the, of course. the dog in their arms. It was just like, what did, they just rescued rescued him, I think. And they haven't named They're him just yet. Little so. soft meatheads, little squishy faces. Yeah, and they what? still are. That is, that, that is actually the technical term for that. <laughs> squishy faces is the technical term for a, a lab puppy. Squishy. Can yes. we change that? Where's okay. the uh, Where's the American Kennel Club? We need to We need to get some. Uh... We gotta call them now. <laughs> AKC, new name, Squishy Faces. Okay, let's talk about telling stories because you tell a doozy of a of a good story. Um, but the importance of it, from uh, you know, we call them the three customers: the candidate, the customer, and the internal colleague. Um, and you know, Rob and I have had the great benefit of interviewing some amazing organizations, and we were so moved by the Insight Global story. Uh, Rob tells it better than I do. Rob, you want to chime in and tell the Insight Global story. But Bert, um, you know, I've heard his keynote now a few times. Whenever I hear it, it inspires me. It fills my chest with warmth. Um, and he's permeated that feeling that I get in just hearing his keynote throughout his organization and created an actual division of business um, through this story. And I think they're a great sort of testimonial to the power of a story and the influence uh, a story can have not only on an organization, but individuals who hear it. Uh, and Rob, tell a little bit about it because I love the way yeah, you tell you'll, it. Yeah, you'll do the, I'm sure you'll do the, uh, the, we'll tag team this, but the way that I understand this story is that Insight Global obviously is a IT staffing business, uh, tremendous growth, right? Uh, but through that tremendous growth, the culture inside of Insight Global um, was not, I guess, what they wanted it to be. And they had really high turnover. And so I think when you have high turnover, it's safe to say that all three customers, like we like to define, are not being served super well. Uh, and so at, at some point in, in the in the teens, right, the, uh, the aughts here, the team at Insight Global went through some turnover uh, and some of the leadership turned over. And Bert Bean, um, who was a recruiter for Insight Global, has grown into being a leader and is now being uh, promoted to the CEO, right? And one of his Brings first acts, is, yeah, his first acts is he together. takes everyone offsite, takes all of his leaders together, and just I guess almost single handedly starts a cultural revolution at Insight Global. Um, so much so that they now have a business or they have a part of their business that is a culture consulting arm called Compass. So they have a whole, they've created a business around recreating culture uh, and making sure that that culture serves everyone inside your business and therefore you can better serve everyone outside your business. And then Lauren, I, you, I like the way that you tell this part about what Bert, like what, how well, Bert actually led it, this. He, he sh yeah, well, I mean, he shared his own personal story and he was raw, he was transparent, he was emotional um, and Everybody else, that gave everybody else the comfort to share their stories and wants and needs. Um, and because of that meeting and because of what people shared, they invested millions upon millions of dollars into mental health care. This was one of the biggest pieces of input that that came out of that meeting. Um, and and I dare I say they have 
one of the most impressive uh, and and um, amazing like mental health care support system within the organization. Um, you know, believing wholeheartedly in the mental health uh, you know day and uh, being open about these things and there being no judgment around it, which I think is is wildly impactful for retention. Um, and so it, it, it moved me because I've always very openly shared about my anxiety, my experience with depression. Uh, and so the fact that he created this movement around that and this openness around such a um, divisive topic, um, I think is, it's very meaningful to me, but I think it's been exceedingly meaningful to those that have been a part of Insight Global and the results are in their numbers and their retention. How do we do telling the story, Mark? That yeah, so I know Mark, that leads right into you because I think you believe the same thing that the power of the story can move mountains. Well, it does. So you you said several things that I tried to write down as quickly as I could. Just but the the words that you chose are naturally what we as humans gravitate to when we think about stories and why they work. Right? They move us. They inspire us. They influence us. They bring out the human side of all of us beyond the data, facts, figures, stats, graphs, all the kind of stuff that we think moves people with our power stats. And this is why we're better. This is what we do differently than everyone else. All of that is important, but not until we establish a human connection, right? So we think about in, in this world we're in right now, you know, devoured by AI and just a massive amount of content being published the content is not what moves us. The context is what moves and inspires us. A story wraps that information, the data, into something that ties to another word you said, which is emotion, right? So we feel it. When you shared this story about Insight Global, you and Rob naturally did this. And that's, that's important to know for anyone that's like, ah, I'm just not really a storyteller or story doesn't belong in business. I can tell it to my friends at the bar or a restaurant or a stranger on the plane or train. But in business, we just got to get to the point. Well, the point is, you just told a story about Insight Global that you didn't think about the story structure. You just thought about the story, but you did it actually in a really nice way. You started off essentially saying Insight Global was in a position where they were growing and by all accounts being successful, but they were challenged. Their, their um, culture was experiencing a tremendous amount of turnover. So they needed to do something about this. So Bert came along and pulled his team together and said, we need to start this cultural revolution. And it started with massive, massively important um, programs like mental health, right? It's, it turned into a, a general movement and it created the results the business needed because they gave the people the space in order to be themselves, to be authentic, because Bert showed them the same example of doing that, right? He showed them what it meant to be authentic, to be raw, to, uh, you admit mistakes and you open up the door for everyone else in the company to share their stories. Together, they shape this new movement. And now this is a story you're telling on a podcast because it's inspired you to, to do the same. So that is truly the, the power of story. And it, it can start with a leader. It can start with the frontline person. It can start with anyone throughout an organization. Well, we have a most recent example of getting your story down being a, a success in our redeployment roundtable. I won't name names, but you know, you really helped uh, an individual that had been challenged with finding work for what almost a year, right? Over, yes, over a year, right? Yeah, it's, over a year. That, that's right. Um, 
And, and I think that, you know, yes, it's great for organizations and now they have, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in growth and, and, but this works at the individual level and the power of telling your story, being able to articulate, uh, articulate it. And I've always told, um, you know, candidates, recruiters don't care if you've had movement on your resume, or at least as a recruiter, I didn't, I, it's a CV, it's curriculum vitae, it's course of life, it's your course of life. You need to explain to me why you've made the choices that you've made. You need to be able to tell that story so that I understand why there's been movement or friction or, you know, anything like that on the resume. And so often candidates aren't prepared to tell that story. And yet we had an example where there was a, you know, a big struggle with finding work and you worked with her to tell her story. Uh, and, you know, we ended up with a really positive result, but I, I would love to tell, I would love to have you tell a little bit about that. Cause I think on the individual level, it's just as impactful. Sure. Absolutely. So just like inside global, she, by all accounts on paper was, was very successful in her previous roles. She had been, you know, successful in, um, a handful of different roles prior to being vacant in employment. Right. So last November. She left the, the workforce because she was displaced out of it and had been looking since November of 2022 for new work. Since then, she um, shared with me that she shared 30 or sent 35 to 40 applications to different companies with zero responses. She did get two people to respond to some outreach, but they then, you know, ghosted her. So she was frustrated to say the least by the time that she had reached out. She joined the, the roundtable that you guys put together to seek help. And I think that's the first thing, right? Is when you talk about understanding, it's understanding where you are and what your strengths are and then what you need help with. So she reached out to a couple of folks beyond just myself. She had one person make a really important intro to a company and get her in the door. She had another person help look at her resume. And I did, I did as well. And I, there was a couple things there that I think we can take away is this in, in the story world, in the, the nerdy world of story, we talk about the hero versus the guide. There's a gentleman by the name of Joseph Campbell who, who founded the hero's journey. It's this 13 or 17 step multi you know, pronged process that you can simplify much easier. It's essentially you have a character who wants something but encounters a problem. Along the way, they meet a guide who shows them a new way, leads them to success in the avoidance of failure. As a candidate, we oftentimes approach a job thinking that we are the chest pounding hero, right? We're coming in to save the day. That's actually the opposite of what we should be feeling. We should be coming in as the guide, the, the client or the person hiring you potentially is the hero. They have a problem to solve. They want something, right? And it's important to them. That's why this whole job opening is there in the first place. They have a problem to solve. Your job as the candidate is to figure that out and to help articulate in a clear, concise, compelling way why you as the guide are there to help them get over this hurdle based on your past experiences, your, you know, abilities, your skills, your, your ability to impact the organization and take them through some examples in your previous work of how you've done that exact kind of thing for other companies. Then to say, I can do the same thing for you. What I understand is this is what you want. This is why it's important, but you're up against this really important challenge that is preventing you from getting what you want. So I'm here today to walk you through my experience because I'm confident that I can help you bridge that gap and beyond. That's kind of the role of the candidate. So for this particular candidate, her resume at first was, I did this, I did that, I had this job with a lot of eyes. And a real simple way to correct that is just to count the amount of 
eyes and and we's versus using yours and shape towards the other piece. You know, think about things like team, we, our, those are all far more compelling reasons. But more importantly, one of the things we had to kind of work through was what is your career story? Not just your history, what's your career story? That's, that's important. How do all these past experiences tie together? And what is the so what who cares for your audience? So we worked through that. Um, she, a couple of weeks later, applied to a job, got accepted, and she literally started today. Today's her uh, first day of employment that's since amazing. November of last year. Louder golf a- claps. Yes, yeah. loud, loud, loud clap. Now we have Try not to clap story. on the microphone. That's right. <laughs> a client story. I, I just think that they're, and the hero's journey, I mean, that's what they tell us. They, they teach you, you know, as you become a speaker and going through the hero's journey and the arc of the story and the red thread and, and all of that. Um, that's how you, you know, give a powerful keynote. But it's so relevant in everything that we do. And I, I just think that it, that the, we've, eliminated the the time that it takes right with everything being down to like this nanosecond and everybody being in a hurry and so much technology in everybody's face faces where it, it, it i we just don't give the breath and we don't give the time for people to tell their stories we're we're going through the motions we're we're transactional um and our industry won't survive if we are going to continue to be transactional like that in my opinion i, I agree with you uh, we got to we got a fun email today from a, a job seeker with eight or nine staffing companies that this person has applied to that she hadn't heard, he or she hadn't heard back yet from. So uh, we could do better. Uh, by the way, I love that you, I love the reframing, right? I think the biggest thing you said to me was you reframed that we're the guide, not the hero when we join an organization. I think yes. if you put, that's very, it's very that. easy to digest like, and then it frames what you should be communicating when you're interviewing. If you just frame it that way, right? Like, how are you going to help guide the company, which is the hero, to solve this great, you know, challenge or, you know, be Hercules and, and its 12 trials? And I think the future, I think the future of work is outcome driven. I'll I've said it before. I'll say it again. Man, I love being a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. But <laughs> anytime I can fit that, it does go up. But um, I, I, we are going to turn into an outcomes driven, um, the way that talent is aligned to, to openings where it's, got, it's not going to be openings, it's going to be desired outcomes. And our ability to tell the story as to how we, we can provide those desired outcomes is, is the point of the, the resume, which, you know, I hope we light on fire and because it was invented in 1482 and I think we're beyond that. But I think the replacement for that is this powerful methodology of telling the story and how you get that company to the desired outcome. Because that, that is the future of work, period, end of story. I couldn't agree more. So as the, the one thing that um, I think you would find as a candidate taking that position as the guide is it's calming. I think oftentimes when we get into an interview situation, you're, the nerves can go up, right? And we think we're so focused on what are we going to say next? I think if we can focus more on story listening first and understanding and positioning ourselves as the guide, it is a confidence booster in a calming sense. And I, here's what I mean by that. If we can focus more on really think prior to the interview, what problem are they looking to solve and what great questions can I ask to really understand how they have either done this in the past, you know, when have they tried this in the past, what's worked, 
why is now the right time to solve this problem? What is, what is that result? What's that future story look like for them? You know, as if they solve this problem with this hire, what does that look like? What, who will be affected by this? What impact will this create? You're helping that client or the hiring manager see themselves or the company into that future state. And just by talking about that, you insert yourself into it, right? You're trying to invite yourself into their story as opposed to pushing your story on them, if that makes sense. As a hiring manager too, it's, there's a responsibility to be unified and, and simplified as, as a group that oftentimes there's more than one person interviewing for a role. So coming together and saying, Hey, what, what, what role or what problem are we really looking to solve here? What do we need? Why is that important? And then asking the candidate questions beyond, Hey, tell me about yourself. Think, think deeper, right? Think like, Hey, can you tell me about a time where you overcame a similar kind of challenge? Walk me back through that. Who was there? What happened? Right. You're asking all those story prompt kind of questions where it's when, where, how, why, what happened, you know, walk me through that. That way as a hiring manager, all you're trying to do is answer the same question we just said. And without, you're not trying to be complicated or, you know, um, complex, right? You're, you're just trying to say, Hey, walk me through this. Help me see this. And it, you'll, you'll be able to decide right away whether or not this candidate makes sense for you beyond the resume is what I would say. Yeah. Ooh, like beyond that. the resume. And I think we have to get, you know, I've talked about the, Rob and I've talked about the job description until we're blue in the face. And, you know, average job description is over six and a half years old. You know, we just love to regurgitate old, long, biased garbage. And uh, I think that if we can really tell a story with the desired outcomes we are looking to achieve through the talent that we hire, not only, you know, if you're getting frustrated with people who aren't qualified um, applying to your job descriptions or your job postings, that's on you. It is entirely yeah. on you. Um, and, and when I hear people say that, you know, oh, this and that, and we just get so many unqualified. I'm just going to fire that job board. And, you know, you having been in that world, I'm sorry, but that is not all on the job board. That is not, that is, that's on you yeah, to yeah. tell the story about what it is that you want. Yeah. And I think this is really, you know, we wanted to, we definitely want to talk about the client side of this, mm -hmm. which if you haven't been listening, right, it's be the guide to solve the problem that the client, whether it's hiring or you're selling software, Lauren is the ultimate guide, right? Like she takes companies and brings them through building, changing and adopting their tech stack or any technology or any pain that they have. Right. So like if, you know, obviously you can't start a discovery with like, oh, what are your biggest pains right now? But you can tell them how you've guided other companies, which is what a case study is or what a good email prospecting is. And then flip that on its head and, you know, use that to be the guide for the, for the next prospect or the next customer you work with. So you have any quick thoughts on that, Mark? I yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's exactly right. So it's, it's just a mindset shift, right? So if you think about the, why stories work, is it's just a, it's, it's a problem solving journey, but it's also a transformation journey, whether it's a person, an organization, a team, it's the breakdown of where people are and where they want to be. And then what's holding them back from getting that, that is so for, for Lauren in the consulting world, right? So you're taking clients from where they are to where they want to be. You're helping to understand what's in the way of achieving that goal that they want and what is the impact or what's at stake if they don't. 
Meaning I get what you want. Why is that important? Why is that important now? What's the urgency? You know, what have you tried in the past? What's worked? What is that thing that is preventing you from achieving this crystal clear goal now? And then, then you as the guide have a better understanding. You repeat that back, number one, that shows connection, that shows understanding, that shows proper listening. When you can repeat back to the customer or to the hiring manager, what it is that they want, why it's important, what obstacle they're facing and what future outcome they want. When you can repeat that back to them clearer than they articulated to you, you've got them hooked. Because the best question yes. they can ask you is, how can you help me get there? Right? Yes. So if you, can, yes. if you can draw out that question, they are now asking you to be their guide. And now you're on the same side of the table and you're just saying, well, let me tell you quickly how I did that for someone else in a very similar situation. And you walk them through that quick anecdotal story so that they have the, the inspired and have the confidence that, yeah, you're the person to do this. They say, I can do the same thing here. You know, does that make sense? And so, yes. And so Story Dynamics, which is your company, helps individuals, companies tell their stories. Can you tell us a little bit about that as we, you know, kind of come to the end of this conversation? Tell us a little bit about Story Dynamics. Yeah, I appreciate it. So this was, you know, kind of born out of this situations I've had in the past. I was, you know, really inspired about six or seven years ago as I was leading a team of young, very motivated sales execs at a, a successful tech company here in Chicago. And by all accounts on paper, we were successful. We were growing 125% year over year, but as a young company, it was never fast enough. And it was upon reflection after leaving that organization that I realized what was missing. And that was what was missing was our clearly articulated story that positioned us as the guide and not the hero. And at the time, I had no idea about this story stuff. And as I sank my teeth into it, I realized the clear connection between anyone looking to inspire action and the, the power of story. So today, the fast forward, we help go to market teams, leaders, and individuals to break through boring and inspire people to action through the proven power of story. Um, so yes, we, we work with teams, we work with individuals, obviously I've been working with candidates and, you know, I, I think it makes certainly sense on the client side as well, but I, I appreciate that, uh, that little plug. No, I, I, look, it's, it's almost January. We've got SCOs happening. We've got sales kickoffs happening. Um, I think that we need really great coaches, really great speakers for these, you know, particularly next year is going to be a tough year. If you listen to some of our economists. Um, but you know, 2025, we're supposed to recover and we're, we're supposed to, to have, you know, some really good momentum. Uh, but so that means we need to be able to do everything in our power from a sales and support perspective to equip our teams with a brilliant way to tell our stories. And so as, as our businesses that listen to our podcast, you know, are, are, uh, organizing those sales kickoffs, they need to get their story straight. Amen. Oh, I see you. You'd get there. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, Mark, this was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to guide us out of here. Uh, so thank you. Uh, I pre appreciate thank you. Thank you so much thank both you. for having me. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Thank you. All right. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to the You Own the Experience podcast. You can catch all our previous episodes at whyweepodcast.com and learn more about our thriving staffing community by signing up for the YOE newsletter and coming soon is Staffing Huddle, an online open community dedicated to your staffing success. I'm Rob. And I'm Lauren. Go do something, something good. good.